0: Welcome to Blood, Moon, Milk, the astrology podcast that comes out every new and full moon to help guide you on your mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation journey. I'm your host, Aurora, and this episode is all about Sagittarius season. We'll talk about the energies and mythologies surrounding the sign of Sagittarius, compare that to its sign in opposition on the zodiological wheel during our look at the full moon in Gemini, and wind down with some tools to help get you the most out of all this energy that's coming your way. Let's get things started with the song Like Lightning by Foles. We'll be right back with the rest of the show.
1: It's about that
0: time
1: when I gotta forgot that I couldn't do something
0: like that song for Sagittarius since it's all about lightning, which is Jupiter's weapon of choice. Of course, Jupiter rules the sign of Sagittarius. Sagittarius is the third and last of the fire signs after Aries and Leo. And while Aries is all about bold action and Leo is about the spotlight and leadership, Sagittarius is more complicated. It's a mutable sign, meaning that it's associated with adaptability and flexibility and being, of course, ruled by Jupiter. It traditionally rules the themes of the ninth house. It's also said to rule over the hips and thighs in health matters. The constellation of Sagittarius is said to be representative of a centaur, which spans the 240th to 270th degrees of the zodiac, and it's often symbolized by the arrow. Let's talk a little bit about the mythology associated with the sign of Sagittarius. The centaur Chiron uh, was the son of Cronos also known as Saturn in Roman mythology, so you can see that there is a relationship between Sagittarius and Capricorn and Saturn and Jupiter. Cronos turned himself into a horse in order to have intimate relations with a nymph to hide his affairs from his wife, and Chiron was born a centaur as a result, half man and half horse. Chiron's mother was horrified at the appearance of her son and so unfortunately and rather cruelly abandoned him, but all hope was not lost as Apollo came along and took young Chiron under his wing. Apollo nurtured him and tutored him in all things useful, including medicine and the arts, as well as philosophy. He was also well known for curative and healing arts as he grew up, as well as being extremely athletic. He was said to have personally trained the heroes Achilles and Jason of Jason and the Argonauts fame, among many others. Chiron was also thought to be the most refined and civilized of all the centaurs, who traditionally were more beast than they were man, at least in their behaviors and mannerisms. He truly did exemplify the love of learning, philosophy, and higher ideals, and also had an urge to rise above his animal instincts and seek for something more meaningful. Chiron is often referred to as the wounded healer because he was shot by accident by Hercules with an arrow that was dipped in the blood of the Hydra. Usually this kind of wound would have been fatal, but because Chiron was the son of a Titan, remember C- Cronos aka Saturn was his father, so he was immortal in that way, so he just suffered forever with his wounds from the arrow. It's thought that his suffering was so bad from the arrow that he begged Hades to let him into the underworld early, and as an honor, the gods placed his likeness in the sky as the constellation of Sagittarius. It should be noted that Chiron was truly an ex- exemplary centaur. While most centaurs were said to be descended, however, from the king Exion and a cloud, which was fashioned by Zeus in the likeness of his wife Hera. King Exion made love to the cloud and impregnated it, and then the cloud gave birth to centaurs. This is the majority. This is where the majority of centaurs came from. Not as it should be noted, Chiron, but the rest of them. And so they were known to be crude and barbaric and animalistic and also having a fondness of wine. And so he was thought of as sort of the exception to the rule and really does exhibit the more higher ideals and the refined side of Sagittarian nature. So you can think of Chiron as exhibiting the higher vibrational aspects of Sagittarius, while the other centaurs, however, exhibit the more negative characteristics and personality traits of the sign of Sagittarius. The energy surrounding the sign of Sagittarius is duality and dualistic in nature. It's not necessarily about finding balance like Libra. However, it's about finding a peace within while being two diametric and polar opposites at the same time. Animal and man, primitive and sophisticated, wild and educated. A healer who is able to heal others, but unable to heal himself. Usually, within a balanced Sagittarius, you'll see these two diametrically opposing forces coming out in unique and interesting ways that makes that person an individual like no other. Let's go over the positive and negative aspects of the sign of Sagittarius. Let's start out with the negative ones and get those out of the way. Sagittarians can be pretty awkward and clumsy, but not only physically, but also socially as well. They don't always pay attention to exactly what they're saying, where they're going, or even who's around them. Uh, Sagittarians can constantly trip over things, including their tongue. A poorly placed Mercury in the sign of Sagittarius uh, that's negatively aspected by, say, Mars, can result in somebody who's overly aggressive and, uh, frankly, just really irritating to be around. Because there's so much animalistic and primitive nature to the sign of Sagittarius, conformity isn't always easy for them. They can be rebellious and original in their thinking and behavior, which sometimes can make them seem weird, or comical, or even shocking to people who are more proper and conventional Virgos. Uh, This helps them to get along pretty easily with Aquarians, by the way, Um, on on the positive side. Sagittarians really are the most enthusiastic and passionate of the Zodiac. They're direct, uh, they'll tell you exactly what's on their mind without a filter, which can get them into trouble, but it can also be uh, really honest, you know, and oh, by the way, don't ever, 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 ever uh, question a Sagittarius's integrity, because most Sagittarius's mean well, they don't mean to lie, um, and they probably don't most of them don't um at least none of the ones i know um but honesty and integrity is of the utmost importance to them and the quickest way to get one on to get on one of their shit list is to lie to them or somehow uh insinuate that they're not trustworthy sagittarians are also Kind of unemotional sometimes. They can be a little cold and a little distant, but at the same time, joyous and jubilant. They can be self-confident and extroverted. Um, Optimism is a key word for Sagittarius. They're really outgoing and and spontaneous while being ambitious, independent, straightforward, courageous, adaptable, flexible, and... While they might not always be the easiest to get along with, uh, they are pretty lucky because of Jupiter's influence. Because of this, they can be considered some of the biggest risk takers in the Zodiac, and usually, if they're not facing a lot of harsher aspects, their luck can make those risks pay off in a big way. They're also pretty honest and vocal about their feelings because they just can't help themselves, frankly. This can be a good thing or a bad thing, where tack and diplomacy could be lacking, but when you appreciate somebody whose bold honesty and thoughtful opinion matters, it could be really charming. They're generous to a fault and open to new experiences. They tend to be on a kind of mission, always seeking something. Success, religious understanding, or even just recognition for physical prowess. They also happen to be some of the best gift givers of the Zodiac. Maybe just because of the time of year that their birthdays occur. It makes them more um, aware of the importance of gifts being right around Christmas and or Thanksgiving, depending on the part of the world that you live in, but their generosity can be felt at all times of the year. Let's switch gears now and look at those new moon transits. Having a good understanding of the energies that come along with the new moon can help you prepare for exactly the sort of challenges you might be facing with those themes over the next six months. The new moon will occur in Sagittarius on November 26th at 11.05 a.m. And so a new moon is when the sun is conjunct the moon. They're right in the same spot in the sky at the same time. So one of the biggest aspects of this new moon will will be that Venus is conjunct Jupiter. And this is going to give the energy surrounding time of the new moon a happy, generous, philanthropic sort of feeling Um, people are going to be in a good mood when Venus and Jupiter get together they are really kind of preparing to high five each other in a really happy exciting big way that's full of creativity and love and Jupiter expands everything it touches and so when it touches Venus all of those Venusian qualities uh, just explode like tenfold so Venus rules Not only beauty and love and romance, like all those things are pretty excellent, um, but also finances. So this could be a really lucrative time to start something new, especially if it has to do with any of those Sagittarian themes, including religion, philosophy, travel, and higher learning. Jupiter will also trine Uranus, which is more of a long-term transit, but it just means that... uh, During this time, um, there's going to be a lot of conditions and uh, new ideas that tend to make life easier, at least while Jupiter transits Uranus in this harmonious way. There won't be very many rude surprises. Uranus is the planet of unpredictability. Um, By default, it can be sort of unpredictable, um, but and it is the planet of surprises, but when it's working in harmony with Jupiter, it just tells me that those surprises are probably more likely to be good ones. It's also possible that there will be really new, um, exciting ideas that can be coming up now, um, especially in terms of technology. Saturn will be sextile Neptune, who was retrograde a little bit longer. He will be going direct soon, though, so rest assured, uh, and also just be aware that when... Neptune does go direct, things are going to get extra weird, because it just always does. Things will tend to bubble up from our subconscious around that time. Um, But during the new moon, the biggest transit that I'm looking at um, would probably be Saturn-conjunct-Pluto. This is a longer-term transit, um, but it would it, it's going to be like getting to be exact pretty soon. Um, not exactly on the new moon, but we're moving towards it. I mean, Saturn and Pluto are both very slow moving planets. It's even what we call a generational aspect because it tends to take a while. Uh, but with the new moon, the energy tends to be quieter anyway. Um, so, this might be a good time to think about and really pay attention to how and what it is that you could conserve in your daily life. Um, it aligns with Sagittarius' more philanthropic and higher ideals. It's getting towards the time of year where people often consider charitable donations, so maybe consider donating to a conservation society. Your money that you donate now might go further than you think especially with Pluto and Saturn moving towards a conjunction they're very much concerned with what can and how can we conserve things like our rainforests like our structures our societal um endeavors that really support life here on earth so i think any any efforts to try to sort of stem the destruction are probably good um but they might go further now than they would otherwise let's just run down the positions of all the planets really quickly so the moon will be at 4 degrees sagittarius mercury will be at 14 degrees scorpio mars will be at 5 degrees scorpio so he's just getting into that scorpionic intensity um and then we have jupiter of course still in sagittarius for a little bit longer he'll be moving into capricorn soon though um We also have Venus early, early, early on in Capricorn here at just one degree Capricorn. And then we have, of course, Saturn and Pluto both in Capricorn. Saturn's at 18 degrees, Pluto's at 21 degrees. Mm -hmm. So you can see they're really getting close to each other and they'll just get closer and closer and closer over the coming months until there is a conjunction. And honestly, I think when that conjunction happens, I think we're going to see an impeachment. Not going to... Like, get excited or, um, you know, I don't, I don't like to be too political on here, but I think that could be when we see it happening. Um, we also have little Neptune out there, still retrograde in the sign of Pisces, as well as Uranus. He is retrograde, still in the sign of Taurus and that wraps up where we're at during the new moon. So let's take a quick little music break and we'll come right back with the rest of the show, those full moon and Gemini aspects and some helpful tips for mindfulness, meditation and manifestation. Since Sagittarius loves to travel so much, here is Travelin' Band covered by local Atlanta punk rock band The Heart Attacks. Take a Coming
2: out Scott.
0: December 12th at 1.13 a.m. While Sagittarius is concerned about the search for inner truth, Gemini is on a search for exterior understanding. It likes to know and ask everybody it sees and talks to what they think of things. And where the, the difference lies for these two signs is, is that while Sagittarius knows exactly who it is, Gemini is not always sure who it is. That's why it wants to know what everyone else thinks and is what they're doing and what they're up to. Whereas Sagittarius is like, this is what I'm doing and you can come with me and come along for the ride or get out of my way. As a result, Geminis kind of have a bad reputation for like flip-flopping their opinions on things. And it's not because they want to necessarily. It's because they've absorbed new information and they're still processing things from a momentary basis. Whereas Sagittarius, it has its feelings and its its convictions very much sorted out and doesn't have any qualms about telling you exactly what they are. And sometimes that's really annoying. Both of those things can be really annoying, you know, but um, I think it takes both of them And a good measure of understanding to find a balance. And really that's what these two dualistic signs are seeking. Uh, They're looking to understand themselves within the context of the world around them. And they really do need each other to do that well. Of course, full moons put a lens on whatever sign they're coming through and, and a magnifying glass of sorts, and so everything that is Gemini in nature is going to feel extra illuminated during this full moon. The Gemini full moon will bring all kinds of focus and intensity to... All things social. This is social gatherings, your social circle, your friends and relatives, and just anyone you spend a significant amount of time with in large group settings. This could be in your workplace or at uh, after-school activities, yoga, soccer teams, that kind of thing. So if there's any discord or disharmony around this um, at this time, it could come to the surface. The moon will be in opposition to the Sagittarius Sun it'll be in conjunct the sign of Venus, while Mercury and Saturn will be semi-square to each other, with Mercury being finally in Sagittarius, while Saturn is still, of course, continues to be in his domicile of Capricorn. Mercury being semi-square to Saturn just tells me there's going to be some frustrating energy with communication and ideas especially with the establishment so um, there might be upsetting news from the government or from bill collectors or like anything that is sort of structurally involved with the way your day-to-day life goes there could be some sort of miscommunication or friction around this time period it's probably going to be relatively minor though so don't worry about it too much the moon will also be square to Neptune, uh, who will finally be direct. Uh, Neptune, by the way, goes direct right around November 27th, right after the, the, the new moon. So just um, know that that might actually be felt during the new moon. Sorry, I should have had that in that part of the podcast. My bad. Similar to the new moon though, is that Venus will be conjunct Saturn during the full moon. Venus will then be in the sign of Capricorn and Saturn will also still be in the sign of Capricorn. Of course, he seems like he's going to be there forever, but that's not the case. He's just that slow moving. But Venus will be at 19 degrees in four minutes Capricorn and so will Saturn. So what this tells me, even though it happens before the full moon, um, we're gonna be feeling it all that day leading up to it and we could really be um seeing some nice energy with venus and saturn two sort of uh energies that we don't really think of together a whole lot this will be a pretty harmonious time but more modest in joy and celebration In comparison, especially to that new moon energy, when Venus will be conjunct Jupiter. So we're going to get a real contrast in terms of how Venus likes to express itself over this coming Sagittarius season, with it first aspecting Jupiter and then Saturn. Um, Jupiter's new moon conjunction on the new moon will be more jubilant, while the full moon um, conjunction with Saturn will be more austere and frugal in some ways. But it also has, uh, it bodes well for faithfulness and loyalty, especially to family structures and to elders. So, if you're in a committed relationship, this could be really nice energy for just reaffirming and um, solidifying partnership ties. So, if anything like that happens to you around the full moon, just get in touch and let me know. I love to hear people's stories about what's going on in their life and how these planetary trans- transits show up for them personally. With that being said, I think now is a good time as any to let you know that coming up the day after Thanksgiving on Black Friday, I'm going to launch my uh, my only real sale of the year, um, which will and I'll also make available finally for those who have been asking Um the personalized forecasts for 2020, uh, last year they were a big hit, lots of people loved them, they've talked about how invaluable they've been for them all year, and I'm going to be offering them again, they're going to be 75 bucks on the website, but because you're a listener, you get a discount, and you can just plug in the discount code Friday, all lowercase in one word, into your checkout and the uh, the cart Check out coupon thing on the website, and you'll get 35% off. That won't be up until Black Friday, though. So uh, just hold your little horses, your little Sagittarius, Centaur horses, until then, and I will have it available for you then. Also, also need to plug the Daily Dose. If you're interested in astrology and you love the podcast but want more on a day-to-day basis, subscribe to the Daily Dose. It's only five bucks a month and it ensures that your daily astrological weather report shows up in your inbox and it's illustrated and animated and written by me in a way that makes knowing what is going to come at you from the astrological energies of the universe that day a little bit more digestible. Just head over to the website bloodmoonmilk.com and click on the daily dose in the sidebar. People love it and it's a great way to support the show because this isn't free. (laughs) And I don't really make a whole lot of money being an astrologer. I do have a day job that is taking up more and more time um, because partially I've used astrology for meditation and manifestation in my life, and it's actually paying off now that I've been doing it for a couple of years. I can see real tangible results. I can't promise the same for you, but I just know that by working on myself a little bit every day, Good things have happened, and astrology has definitely been a big part of that. So if that's something you're interested in, check out The Daily Dose or give it as a gift. It's that time of year. All right, let's take another little music break, and we'll be right back with the tips for mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation for Sagittarius season. This is Casey Musgraves with the song Follow Your Arrow, since arrow is the sign and symbol of Sagittarius, the archer. Sagittarius this season, I was looking at different chakras and um, which chakra really resonates the most with Sagittarius. And um, I got I got two and that's okay. It, it's a sign of duality, so why not have two chakras that you focus on? So that would be the crown chakra as well as the sacral chakra. And the reasons for that are is because Sagittarius really does aim higher all the time so higher ideals higher connections with spirit in the universe that's what the crown chakra is good for and of course the sacral chakra um is our related to sex but um which maybe and is more related to scorpio but since um you know sagittarius rules the hips and the thighs it's the closest chakra to that as well um and it, I didn't, I thought about the, using the root chakra, but it doesn't seem, it didn't resonate as much with me. Sagittarius is so adventurous and carefree and optimistic. It didn't seem to, like, root chakra stuff is very heavy and more earth, earthy to me. Um, while, like, there's a reason why people say, like, oh, that, like, that, KISS was really passionate, really lit a fire, and, and Sagittarius is a fire sign. So we're going to go with the sacral chakra as the second of our chakras to focus on um, during this month's mindfulness and meditation um, work. And the the stones that I picked out to work with, if you want to take the suggestion, I think would be orange carnelian, Um because it's, it's both soothing and opening, but energizing as well. It can be either one. It's one of these stones that likes to sort of find the right balance with whatever energy it's working within. It won't overstimulate you. So if that's what you're looking for, and I think it's something that we should all strive for is some uh, kind of balance, um, check out using Orange Carnelian, especially with that Sacral Chakra. It's good for um, the solar plexus as well, which I also saw a lot of people saying, oh, Sagittarius is much more um, active than it is sexual. And so if you want to work on your solar plexus, that's never a bad thing. Um, Honestly, like looking for ways to just stay in alignment holistically is good all the time, every time. Um, But it's nice to just happen occasionally to listen to our bodies in different ways to see if we have any messages, if we're just picking up on anything. You'd be surprised what you might find out about yourself by listening to your body. And I know I don't normally talk about myself very much on the podcast, but a couple months ago, I know I mentioned that I had some some health issues and um, I had a little bit of a health scare and um, all it's all good. So um, I just wanted to let you know that, but I'll, I'll go ahead and fill you in. And I think it kind of resonates with me especially with you know listening to your body Um, and I know I know I have a lot of people out there who are health and wellness practitioners so maybe you'll you'll be interested in hearing this story a little bit but so basically what happened was I back in June had a physical and I got um, I had been having some chest pains which is a Pretty unusual. I'm not old. I'm only 32. So having chest pains is kind of um, alarming. And so my doctor ordered an EKG and it came back irregular. Basically, um, I only had about half a heartbeat, um, which is terrifying. And, um, you know, she wanted to get me in for a, a sonogram of my heart as soon as possible. But I was in the middle of changing jobs, and I was stressed out about insurance and money and and all those things that go with it, which, by the way, stress is also bad for your heart, but um, if you didn't know that already. Uh, but finally, finally, um, months later, I got my sonogram, which, honestly, it was really emotional. I'd been having heart problems for a while, and I, I've... Um, like, kind of just ignoring it, uh, but seeing it beating on the screen like that and listening to it and looking at it made me sort of recognize that I really did need to pay more attention to all that heart energy, which is really a lot. It's so much, right? I mean, um, we most associate the heart in astrology with the sign of Leo, which is another fire sign, um, and i but, like, I have just been sort of ignoring my heart for a while. I wasn't always listening to it, and so it decided to sort of make me listen to it. um but the good news is that i'm my heart's really healthy, and the problem that I had, the half a heartbeat issue um it, it's gone. It just like went away on its own after and and during like listening to it and making some changes in my personal life for the better. Um, started this new job that's going really well. I'm really happy. I'm happy for the first time professionally in my life. And my, even my romantic situation is, is really good these days. So, um, to say that there's like a, a physical manifestation of our emotional state of mind is, I've said it before with guests on the show, like Dr. Amy King and, um, You know, everything is energy, right? And astrology is just one tool for looking at energy and understanding it. But really, the key is to look at yourself and and clue into what it is that you need. And astrology and the moon cycles, the lunar cycles, that's just one way of doing that on a regular basis. And I think that if you do that on a regular basis, you're just going to get more in tune and more in touch with knowing what you need and and trusting your intuition when it comes up, pops its little head up and, and it says, hey, this isn't the right thing for you or "Ooh, do this or say that or go to this place. And the more you trust it and do that, the more aligned your life tends to be. So that's my little spiel about, um, my, my personal stuff right now. Nobody has to worry about my heart stopping or exploding anytime soon. And if it does, it's only because I'm, I'm just so dang happy these days. Um, so back to, back to the show and and thanks for everybody who reached out and checked on me. That was really sweet and much appreciated. So with that, let's go ahead and get into our, our questions for mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation. And always, always just a general reminder Come to your meditation and your questions for mindfulness from a place of gratitude because if you're breathing, you have something to be grateful for and that's a good place to start. So with Sagittarius season in mind, think about where you'd like to travel to. This could be a mental vacation or it could be a physical one. Um, And the destination really and truly is entirely up to you but just think about where in your wildest dreams you'd like to go and what it is you'd like to feel while you're there. Look at and think about what it is that attracts you to these things to learn more about yourself. Sagittarius is super concerned with studying and higher learning, so I think it's a good place, a good way to jumpstart the, that curiosity train and curiosity is so valuable. It's what makes us look around the next corner and gets us out of bed in the morning. We're curious about what the day has in store for us. So studying is a good way to bring that curiosity to the next level. When you finally found something that piqued your interest, you want to like do a deep dive into that subject matter, um, pay attention to the things that pique your interest, and then think about what it is you want to learn about it and how you're going to feel once you have conquered and mastered all that knowledge and how many people you can help with that with knowledge comes power, and Sagittarius is a super powerful sign it is the most advanced of the fire signs and has a ton of energy. it tends to burn itself out um so also, think about what it is you can do to just be kind to yourself in the season of burnout. This is a time of year when we're pulled in a hundred different directions at once. And so make sure to take time out for you. And listening to this podcast could be one way of doing that. Going to yoga could be another way. Taking a walk in the woods and looking at all those beautiful fall leaves is another way to do that. Um, and, you know, you kill two burns with one stone you can travel to check out those leaves too. What is it that's really made you laugh lately? Sagittarius is such a joyful and optimistic energy and being ruled by Jupiter, he's like exuberant and ever expanding. So uh, think about what it is that you find really funny and maybe share that with somebody else just to bring a little bit more joy into the world. Or go take in a comedy show. Those are one of my favorite things to go do. Well, that's it for this episode of Blood Moon Milk. Thank you for joining me, and join me next time for Capricorn season. You can follow me on Instagram at Blood, Moon, Milk and message me there. Uh, also consider having me do your astrology chart. I'd love to do one-on-one sessions with folks and let them know what the stars have in store. I hope you all have the most fun Sagittarius season, and we're going to play you out with a song. I am a centaur by Atlantis Aquarius because I actually am a Sagittarius and an Aquarius rising. So perfect song for me. And it's my podcast. I do what I want. Have a good one.